at the end of the day, we will prevail from this. We will be okay. And I think in two to three years, people are going to forget about what happened and we're going to get another uh, robust period of growth. You're listening to the Hirsch Condoms Digital Experience. And here's your host, Mitch Parker. Welcome to episode 25 of the Hirsch Condos Digital Experience. I'm your host, Mitch Parker, and today we have a very special episode. We are going to find out what's going on in the real estate industry and how COVID is affecting it. I have very special guest, Blake Wyatt, who is the founder and CEO of Wyatt Development Group. Thank you so much for being here, Blake. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So let's jump right into this. And uh, how has the current scenario been affecting your business? Yeah, it's been interesting. And I think it depends on what kind of developer you are and what stage your projects are at. Uh, For us, it's been a situation where on the day-to-day side, uh, we are consultants and our staff have been working remotely like most people. Uh, We have one project in particular that we were ready to start construction on and that's going to be delayed. Uh, Now, construction is deemed an essential service and the sites for the most part are still operating. But the issues are uh, getting City Hall to process permits in time because they're understaffed or they may not be working at all. Uh, as well as the like, the lending landscape has changed as well. So uh, lenders may not be as aggressive as they were to lend for construction projects, uh, or they may be changing their terms quite a bit. So uh, we're kind of dealing with that right now and we're making a plan going into the fall. I'm sure it changes day to day, but what does like a regular day in the life look like right now, maybe versus like in, in a time not like this? Yeah, right now I'm spending a lot of my time really looking at uh, new acquisition opportunities and really keeping my ear to the ground with different people in the industry in terms of what's happening in the market. So I'm talking to trades, I'm talking to insurance providers, I'm talking to uh, salespeople to really get a pulse on kind of where everybody's head is at. Uh, And I think in this, there will be opportunities for uh, future project acquisitions. So we're spending a lot of time with our brokers looking at deal flow and just looking for a way that we can come out of this, um, you know, in an opportunistic way. So that being said, I I guess if you're looking for sites, you must be overall still optimistic about the future of real estate in like the greater Toronto area. Yeah, I'm very optimistic about the future here because I think the fundamentals are still so strong. We have high immigration. We're a global city that people want to be in. Uh, And I think we're still undervalued relative to uh, other global markets like New York and London. And even though Toronto isn't like those cities today, it is going to trend in that direction. So when you look at, you know, the 5, 10, 15 year horizon, I'm very bullish on what's happening in the market. Uh, But we do have some short term pain that we're going to have to deal with as a result of this. Do you see the government possibly implementing any sort of like new programs that will come as a result of COVID and how the economy was impacted? I really hope so. And I hope that our government does have the foresight to identify what the real issues are. Uh, I heard the other day that the CMHC residential mortgage default rate was up to about 12% right now, which is very high. Uh, Usually Canada, I think we're below like 0.1% default rate. So if that's the case, I think they may have to do something along the lines of maybe fundamentally changing the Uh, the mortgage legislation to allow these homeowners not to fall into default. The government has said that they're going to help Canada through this. And I think really getting the banks and CMHC in line with allowing these borrowers to keep their homes is going to be really important. Um, And we'll see where we land in terms of other other programs to support small businesses and things like that. Because what's going to happen is if, if 
unemployment stays as high as it is and small businesses are struggling, the first place people will look to uh, maybe get some financial relief is the sale of their home, right? So we don't want to be in a situation where um, there's too many homes for sale, where people are in distress, and there's not enough buyers. So I really hope, too, that they reevaluate some of their other things as well, such as maybe the stress test. We really, we really want to be focused right now on programs that stimulate the economy. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's great. Um, and now to take a step back um, and learn a little bit more about how you got into the development industry. It's, I think it's an industry like everybody knows, but very few people actually do it. And it's from the outside perspective, I think a lot of people look at it and are like, wow, it's so overwhelming to go from like a piece of land to like a high rise or like a, a community of townhomes. Like how did you even get started in this? Yeah, so a lot of people in this business, often their families involved in it. Uh, that wasn't the case for me. I had a very deliberate path to get here. Uh, I've had a passion for real estate and, and homes and uh, subdivisions and things like that since I was a child. I used to sit around and draw uh, neighborhoods and, and draw, uh, draw houses, which isn't like common for a lot of eight-year-olds to do, right? So I was lucky I had parents that really encouraged me to learn how to monetize that passion. So it's always just something I've gravitated towards. And uh, I started my real estate career when I was 22. I was actually an agent in the Vancouver area. And then I evolved into the project finance side. So I was helping other developers raise capital, structuring deals, uh, and doing their construction and uh, private equity financing. So really with that experience as an agent and as a financier, I decided uh, in 2013 that now was the time was right. Now the time was right for me to start my own development company. Uh, we bought a piece of land in Hamilton, and uh, that really was the impetus to our, uh, our first project and our first company. From there, we brought in the right team of people, of, of consultants that we needed, the architects, the planners, the engineers, the salespeople, the contractors, all the people that really were a fundamentally important part of our business. Because in this game, uh, it's not up to the developer themselves to do all these tasks, we rely heavily on the expertise of, of others to execute a successful project. So really in this business, it's fundamentally aligning the right deal with the right capital and the right people to execute it. That's fundamentally, if I had to break down development into three pieces, that, that's what it is. There you go, that easy. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chatting before we started here, um, I get the sense that you're big on continuing education and always improving yourself. You mentioned something about uh, completing a course at Harvard. Right. Can you get more into that and explain? Yeah. So last fall, I, I spent a week down in Boston. I stayed on campus and went to a, a course called uh, Real Estate Management, uh, Design, Finance, and Leadership at Harvard University. So it was really powerful. We probably had 120 uh, people from all over the world in real estate. Uh, in various executive and entrepreneurial capacities. So to get that much knowledge in a room uh, and really discuss high-level real estate and business problems and get perspectives from people that were on uh, the finance side, the construction side, the landowner side, the municipal side, and to get all these competing perspectives with a global context uh, to bring together to discuss these issues was really, really powerful. Um, and just the quality of, of the people were incredible. And, and, you know, hopefully I have some relationships for, uh, for a long time and uh, we can do business together in the future. When, you, when you're in one of these courses, you, like you said, you get people from like all over the world, right? What are people's opinions of Canada? Like when you say, I develop real estate in Canada, like what do they typically say about it? Not a lot of people knew about it. 
you know, the United States is on everybody's radar. Uh, and when I was talking about what was happening in Canada and Toronto, I would always have to make an American comparison, right? And I'd say, well, it's like New York, but it's smaller and it's this. It's where New York was 30, 40 years ago was often the analogy that I would use. So we would have um, uh, just a general lack of knowledge. So I was trying, trying to educate everybody one by one. Um, you know, I would tell, tell them we're the fastest growing city in North America. Uh, I think, what was it, in 2011 to 2012, we had more cranes in our city than the rest of North America combined. Yes. Uh, so these stats, people don't know this. Uh, and just the stability of our banking system and our economy in general is obviously very attractive. So, um, you know, hopefully we have some interest from some people that we met. But yeah, really, um, I don't think we've done a good enough job promoting what's happening in our city. Uh, and our country on a global scale. Very Canadian, right? Like just be humble and <laughs> more good deals for you this way. <laughs> um, at Hirsch Condos, one of the big things is like we're huge on social media um, and, and advocates of agents using it for their clients and getting more clients and more leads that way. Do you utilize social media in your business at all? Yeah, we do. We use Instagram and Facebook a lot to promote our projects when we're going through the marketing phase. Uh, Instagram has been probably our most effective with a variety of demographics. Um, we had one project where uh, we were drawing in a demographic that was like over 60. And we actually found that they were quite active in finding us through that. Through Instagram? Through Instagram, yeah. Wow, which, which surprised us, yeah, because we had cast a pretty wide net on that one and wanted to see where, where the leads came in. And it was heavily uh, Instagram. Uh, and it's had similar effectiveness in some of our projects at a more entry level and average price point. Naturally, you know, you have a younger buyer demographic that's going to be more in tune with, with social media. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do it uh, quite well. And uh, I'm, I'm also active on there personally as well, just promoting uh, the company and our brand and, uh, you know, things on a personal level as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um, what's next for you? You know what, we right now are aggressively looking at new acquisitions. I think, um, like I said earlier, there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up. I think retail plazas in particular are going to be a great development opportunity because what's happening in, in the world has severely impacted the, real, the retail landscape. And a retail plaza's value is going to be determined by uh, its income, right? So if that income drops or the quality of the income declines, then that asset value is going to be reduced. And then you're at a point where the highest and best use for it might become residential land. So we're looking at different ways that we can uh, capitalize on that, maybe work with a, a plaza owner and a joint venture to um, redevelop it for residential uses. So we have a lot of a lot on the go, but right now we're using you know the, the time in the world to, to really plan, to strategize, to have the, the conversations with people that we need to have to position ourselves for kind of the next wave of success. But overall, you're not, you're not thinking meltdown sort of values plummeting your no definitely not i mean nobody knows for sure on a percentage basis where the market's gonna go whether it's up or down right and i think it was um maybe a td report that came out uh, a few days ago that said prices could drop anywhere between 10 and 18 percent well two years ago in the mortgage stress test prices in some sectors in the gta dropped 22 percent and we were all okay Right? I mean, these corrections happen. Uh, it's rare to get something of that magnitude over a two to three year period twice. But at the end of the day, like, we will prevail from this. We will be okay. And I think, you know, in two to three years, people are going to forget about what happened. And we're going to get another uh, robust period of growth. In this whole COVID situation where we're not as busy as normal, 
this has really given me more time to reflect and unwind. So as frustrating as the whole landscape in the world can be right now, just this opportunity to really find, find peace and find cl clarity and make a, a good plan from a good emotional and, and uh, mental space. And come out better, right? Yeah. Like that's the goal, is to come out more resilient and stronger. Right, so we, we won't have this opportunity to unwind uh, probably again in our lifetime, right? right. Let's so, hope so. Take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that, I'm going to say thank you so much, Blake, for being here. Um, this has been episode 25 of the Hirsch Condos Digital Experience. Don't forget to like this, share it, tell all your friends. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hirsch Condos Digital Experience. Stay tuned for more exciting content. Subscribe to our channel and make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms.